At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. The following is an exclusive presentation of the Carolina Panthers and the National Football League. Yeah! Touchdown! This is Panther Talk with head coach Matt Rule, presented by Morris Jenkins. When your plumbing or air conditioning is acting up, call Morris Jenkins or visit morrisjenkins.com. Single high safety. Herbert on the back pedal, being pressured. Throws underneath, and it's caught the hook and ladder, but it's dropped. The ball's loose at the 20. The Panthers fall on it, and Carolina is going to win this football game. The first win of the Matt Rule era. So I was happy for them. You know, these guys, these guys sacrifice a lot, way more than I do. And so I, want, I was happy to see them, you know, be able to dance and sing and call themselves winners. And now, along with Jim Zoki and Eugene Robinson, here's Mick Mixon with Panther Talk. Live from the Panthers broadcast facility at Bank of America Stadium. In the National Football League, all wins are difficult to get. They're hard-earned. They're all satisfying in their own ways, but they're not all the same. Sometimes you win in a crucible. You just win. You get one. The other team gives it to you, plays poorly. Sometimes, though, a win ends up being historic, as in this case, and possibly the start of something. Welcome to the show, Mick, along with the Zoke. Eugene, joined now live by Matt Rule, head coach of the Carolina Panthers. Coach, I want to start with the left side of your offensive line, and congratulations, of course, on the win. But how was it that Greg Little and Trent Scott and also Chris Reed were able to do such a good job neutralizing Bosa and company? Well, you know, Chris Reed had a great camp and, um, you know, went on the COVID reserve, was able to get back, get himself back in shape, and um, uh, went out there and I thought really played well. And uh, I was happy for him to see, you know, to see everything he's been through. And then, you know, really proud of Greg Little, really proud of Trent Scott. You know, those guys got in there, and you're right, they were going against really good players, and it wasn't easy, and they found a way to get it done. They found a way to, to, to give us their best when we needed it, and um, I think, at, you know, at the end of the day, they played well enough for us to win. So really proud of them, and I know this will be a great springboard for the both of them as they, you know, move forward in the season. No, Coach, so most people are not in your – in your offense and your defense, they can't see what you guys are do. But one thing uh, Brian Burns said yesterday, he talked about the communication, and it was a communication that went from Shaq Thompson to him to let him know that the pass was coming where he can pin his ears back. I want you to talk about uh, how important communication is and how you see that is really developing your young defense. Well, you know, and as you know, um, there's so many calls, there's so many checks, there's so many different things that, you know, we want to execute while we're out there. Um, and, but you can only do that if you know that everyone's going to be on the same page. And so as guys get more confident, they start to speak a little bit louder. As guys start to play together, they start to listen to each other a little bit more. And then they can go from, you know, making sure that we're doing the right thing on our own to, to knowing what the, the opponent's going to do, to knowing, you know, re- reading their tendencies and seeing, hey, this is what's coming. And so I think Shaq has really done a great job over the first three games of communicating, keeping guys on the same page and, um, uh, happy for Brian because when Brian, you know, when Brian has a chance to put his, you know, pin his ears back, he's really a special rusher. 
Coach, of course, everybody went through the preseason without having games. You had training camp, and you were able to do a lot of Zoom things and then have some some on-field stuff, obviously, for a couple of weeks there. But for a new team and a new coaching staff, by and large, here, uh, is, is it almost kind of a combination of you're trying to win games while installing things you would have done in August during preseason games that you're kind of getting to this point where we're seeing that development happening in these regular season games now? Yeah, you know, I think, um, you know, we, we have a, a plan. You know, we have a process that we're going to follow. And, uh, you know, one thing I believe is you can't ever shortcut that. You, you can't take uh, shortcuts trying to find a way to trick yourself into some wins or else, you know, there'll, there'll be cracks in the foundation. So we're trying to do things the right way. We're trying to build it the right way. And um, even in the first two games when, uh, you know, we were not able to win the game, I thought there were lots of good things. I thought there was lots of improvement. And the truth is, even in this past game, while there were lots of great things, there were lots of things that have to get corrected. And so, you know, it's just still so early, you know, we're still such a, a young team, not in terms of our age, but in terms of being together that the key for us is just to keep getting better, keep learning from the mistakes, keep learning from the successes, keep getting more and more confident. And, you know, we're going to go play the Cardinals this week. That That's really like our, our fourth preseason game. You know, I mean, it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's really unique. It's unlike anything that, really has happened in the NFL before. So for our guys to go out and get a win um, in such a short amount of time, really proud of them. And I'm hoping that we'll play better this week, you know, uh, coming up. And Mick started the show talking about the offensive line depth that you had to use in this game. I think, if I'm right, nine rookies played in this game. And I know, talk talk about practice during the week, about how much you use your guys, because I know you give reps to players that are not starters so that they're able to be starters when you need them in a pinch like that. Yeah, you know, we want to be a developmental program. Uh, we want we want to bring guys along. We want, um, you know, we, we want guys to say that, hey, I played my best football, you know, under that coaching staff. And so that takes time. That takes reps. That takes periods where you, you know, give those guys reps. Um, and the, sometimes it's even just, you know, keeping the, keeping the young guys out and doing a little extra with them. But when they're called on, when you need them, when an injury happens, you know, those guys are a little bit more confident. They're a little bit more prepared. And you know, we'll continue to do it. I think it's something that can really differentiate us and, and give us an advantage. How, how frustrated were you, Coach, about some of the, the, the red zone difficulties? I know you told us in the pregame that they're a bend but don't break D, so part of that maybe they stiffen up in the red zone. But, but how frustrated were, were you about having to settle for some of those field goals? And then what's the process like for trying to get better there? Well, you know, um, I mean, obviously I didn't like it. You know, obviously I, it's not what we want. But, um, you know, I knew in this game that if, if we didn't beat ourselves with penalties and we didn't turn the ball over, we would have a chance. Um, the reality is coming out of it, if we score a couple touchdowns uh, in the red zone, then that becomes a, a much different game. We have a big lead and it looks a lot different. Um, so, you know, I go back and I just try to, to try to find out, okay, what were the issues? What were the communication problems? What were the, you know, why weren't we able to score touchdowns in the red zone? And really, I think it comes down to a couple things. You know, you have to credit them. But at the same time, you know, we, we weren't able to run the football. And, you know, at the end of the day, this is still a game built on, you know, the physical battle. And you have to be able to run the ball down in the red zone when things get tight, when windows close. And we just weren't able to do it. Um, so that we'll go back this week. We'll try to get a little bit better at our – red zone offense, try to get a little bit better at our red zone defense and hope that um, that becomes an area that we can improve in. Coach, I want to particularly talk about two plays, particularly in that last drive, Chargers driving. Uh, we always say you got to watch out for double moves because that will beat you. I want you to talk about the play of 
your safety, Trey Boston, re- recognizing the double move. And then secondly, that last play of the game, what was your message to the team or to the defense? Well, you know, the, what, what, a, what a game-saving huge play by Trey. It was uh, two-man, so, I mean, he's mm. over the top. Um, uh, you know, corner, you know, falls down, gets beat, uh, you know, uh, what, what exactly it was, and gets over the top. And, that, I mean, that's, that's Mike Williams. That's a huge, huge red zone threat. A guy who jumped up earlier in the game, even though there was OPI, made a big catch. And, uh, you know, we needed Trey, and Trey stepped up and made the play. And that, you know, those plays win games, you know, and um, uh, that was beyond crucial. And, you know, at the end of the game, really, I mean, I, I was – it was just such in the moment, you know, I still had a timeout. I was thinking, do I call a timeout? Do I make sure we're in the – you know, but the last thing I wanted to do was give them a chance to – you know, I wanted to maybe take a look and give them one more chance to go back and, and talk about what they wanted to do. Um, so, you know what, we let our guys play. And um, – mm-hmm. Guys were playing hard. They're running the football. They set up a great play. They had a chance. But at the end of the day, when, when our guys are flying around, that, that reduces the margin of error for everyone else. And so um, it, it was a great battle, came all the way down to the end. And, you know, you'll always hear me say this, you know, we have to just make one more play. And on, on this day, you know, we made one more play. It was, a, it was a thrilling end, and it worked out in, in your favor. You're talking today on your Zoom press conference about uh, tackling, and you want to see improvement there. And uh, a lot of times I think fans watch and we watch and we see technique and we see how guys tackle, like their form and so forth. But you made some interesting comments about the angles they were taking. I think that would be interesting for the fans to hear, if you don't mind repeating a little bit about just kind of talking to your players and uh, retraining them to some degree or reinforcing, I should say, about taking proper angles and what you saw from that game. Yeah, we we played really hard in that game. We flew to the ball and – when you fly the ball, sometimes you have a tendency to overrun the ball. <laughs> you know, so um, well, we're just want to make sure that our guys and, and we've been talking about it. We've been getting better and better. But you know, you go out there against a back like Eckler. I mean, he he, he can make you pay. Mm-hmm. And really, you know, for we we always want to sort of track the near hip. We want to run to the guy's near hip. So if if we're inside, we want to run inside out so he can't cut back and we use the sideline. Um, if we're outside, then we want to run outside in and use all of our help inside. And so we, we want to use leverage on our behalf. And when you lose leverage, that's when big plays happen. And so, you know, we had some plays where, you know, maybe a guy missed a tackle, but you're going to miss fat tackles in the game of football. The key is to miss them with the proper leverage, you know, use your help, use the, use the other guys on defense or use the sideline. And so we'll continue to get better technique wise tackling. You know, as we talked about earlier, it's, it's about to be game four, you know, it's a long, long season. They'll get better and better each and every week. But, uh, the angles are something that really has to improve this week. And, um, you know, we went into this game. We, we have our little keys to victory, and one of them was to tackle number 30. You know, we know the type of player that he is. I love the field with so much respect for him, and, um, you know, we'll uh, we'll try to get better at that this week. Coach Rule, was there any thought given to having Joey Sly try a long field goal prior to the punt that ended up being J.J. Jansen's moment in time? Yeah, we were gonna um, we were gonna try to get the first down on third down, and that would have ended the game. And if not, we said, hey, if it's not there, hopefully it's incomplete. You know, just throw the ball away, and we'll and we'll kick the field goal from the thirty-two yard line. When we took the sack, which is not something that we wanted to do, um, but when we took the sack, we said, okay, well, it's a forty-yarder. It was about a fifty-fifty chance. And I guess for me, um, you know, them taking over at the forty with just you know sixty yards to go didn't seem like the safe play. And that does not mean that I don't have tremendous credit uh, to tremendous uh, confidence in Joey, but they had blocked one already. They had gotten pressure all day. 
Um, when they kick the ball, uh, kick the ball down there, let our defense go play. Um, you know, Justin Herbert did a great job, but he is a rookie quarterback. And uh, at the end of the day, it worked out for us. And coach, uh, defensively, I've been saying this whole defensive thing, but I thought you guys did a great job up front. But do you employ the the stunts early in the game? Uh, Haynes gets this big sack, and it kind of really opened things up and really kind of confused that offense. Uh, how how much did you do games all, all in, in that in that particular game, sir? Yeah, we, we, we went to it a lot on third down. I think one of the biggest things we did this game, too, was you know getting Haynes and Burns on the field at the same time, getting Weatherly on the field, F.A. Obata slid inside. Um, you know, we tried to play more players, get more rushers on the field at different times. And then because we had so much speed, we tried to utilize them with some, you know, different different twists and games and exotic pass rush moves. And, um, it you know, for, for, for many times it worked. And you know, they did a nice job of picking some of them up. But uh, we were able to, I think, I think we ended the day with 22 pressures. So mm. we were able to get around the quarterback and near the quarterback. And, uh, but, I, you know, I would give that credit to the, to the guys. I thought uh, getting those guys out there, they, um, they all took their turn at rushing the quarterback. Well, coming up Sunday, you got the Arizona Cardinals and a very unique quarterback in Kyler Murray, Coach Cliff Kingsbury. Is this maybe the most uh, collegiate type uh, offense uh, in terms of scheme and uh, what he can do that you might be facing early on this season? You know, we got a lot of it this past week from the Chargers. So, we'll, you know, we'll get some again um, here, here this week coming up. I think Kyler Murray is a special, special player, played against him at Oklahoma. You know, he's just a winner. He's been winning since he was in grade school. And, um, you know, they have DeAndre Hopkins. They have Larry Fitzgerald. He certainly has weapons. So we're going to have to go out, play well, make sure that we don't allow, uh, you know, Kyler to get outside the pocket because that's where he can really wreak havoc. So, We'll uh, we'll continue to you know grow as a defense and, and know that um, know that we're facing a really good offense. You don't have to comment on this, coach. But before we let you go, I just want to say that it looked to me like a statue of Taylor Moten out there would have had more movement in it than the one that was called on him. So we're going to put this down in our official books here as a only a two penalty game. Congratulations on the cleanliness of the game. Zero turnovers, low penalties, and again, congratulations, Coach, on uh, your first of many wins as a Panther head coach. Well, well, thank you very much. I really appreciate it. Appreciate you. All right, that's Coach Coach. Rule. Live on the show, brought to you by Morris Jenkins, and we'll come back. We got the broadcast. Listen to all we have. Broadcast roundtable. We have (laughs) – not the roundtable. Not the table. We have – Not the round. (laughs) uh, Lost my train of thought. We got Shaq Thompson. We'll have Marty Herney, all that and more when we continue with Panther Talk on the Carolina Panthers Radio Network. Mr. Jenkins told me. Mr. Jenkins told me. Mr. Jenkins told me to always make it easy for the customer. That's you. A live person will always be here to answer the phone. We're here till midnight, seven days a week. So you never have to take off work. And it's the same price as in the daytime. We're the ones you want to call. We're the ones you want to call. We're the ones you want to call. You're going to love these people. I guarantee it. Go to MorrisJenkins.com. This is Panther Talk, presented by Morris Jenkins on the Carolina Panthers Radio Network. Herbert has the snap. Fades back and he'll be sacked, eaten up at the 14. Backside pressure coming. And the ball is out of there, scooped up by the Panthers and returned to the 35. Panthers say it is their football, and it is. That's the ruling on the field. Some of these guys, you know, they, they, they ended the year last year on an eight-game losing streak. The first two games this year didn't go our way. And 
This week I thought was the best week we've had. I mean, I thought you felt a sense of urgency, a sense of pride, uh, guys showing up, uh, sacrificing, and I think it showed up in the way we played defense and the way we moved the ball at that times on offense. Uh, you know, you lose Christian, uh, you don't have KK out there, Russell can't go all of a sudden, and you see a bunch of guys step up. Panther Talk, presented by Morris Jenkins, continues on the Carolina Panthers Radio Network. Yes, indeed. Broadcast Roundtable brought to you by Geico. My wife and I did this after reading the card mindlessly for I don't know how many seasons. We called Geico, saved a bunch of money on car insurance, house insurance, and all that. So it's uh, it's recommended. Geico.com or give them a call and see what develops. I've done entire seasons mindlessly, so that's uh, – But that's all right. I did the same thing, and I got, I'm on Geico too. There you have it. Yeah, I, 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 they've been around Do you get to talk time. to the gecko when you call, or how does that – I don't talk to the gecko. I, I want to – It would be great to talk to the gecko on its little bitty phone. Yes. I want to tell very briefly this Panther story about what happened last week. I'm not sure you know it, Eugene. I know, Zoke, you do, but uh, Eugene will be able to relate to this uniquely. So I think it's emblematic of, of kind of what Matt Rule's got going here. So, Rasul Douglas, who was a part of some pretty salty and close-knit defenses at Philadelphia, joins the Panthers late. But he comes to Coach Rule last week and says, Coach, I play better when I know who I'm playing with and when I know who's beside of me and when I know something about their stories. I play better when I'm playing with somebody and for the next man next to me. So, Coach Rule says, all right, let's – Let's try to address that. So the Panthers have a meeting, and five different guys get up and tell stories about their life. I mean, uh, Chris Reed talks about having COVID with a wife that's pregnant. Teddy Bridgewater tells the story. Shaq Thompson, who's dealt with a lot in his life. And I'm not saying that the Panthers won because of that, but I don't think it's too much of a stretch to see that the guys on the team see that this is – that Matt Rule listens. He doesn't just talk. He listens. And I think what, what what we're seeing here is a team that is going to play consistently hard for one another and with one another and take coaching well. How's all that hit you, Eugene? It, absolutely. I, I think you're absolutely right. And I think there's something when you know something about the man next to you. I mean, football is the one sport that is really, really unifying. It crosses all lines. It just it just does. You have a common goal. And when you know something about the man next to you, it even makes that much, much more special. And the fact that Coach Rule will recognize that that is a component that needs to happen per the request of one of the players, that speaks a lot to the character and the constitution of, of Coach Rule. No doubt about it. And to be able to foster that, it only means it will get better because now I know who, who Byron Burns is. I know who Rasul Douglas is. I know who these guys are, and it makes sense, and it makes me want to go and pour my heart out, heart out for those guys. So that is a great move, and uh, you know, kudos to Coach for going ahead and recognizing that and doing something about it. And it seems to me, Eugene, um, that that special Panthers team of five years ago, 2015, when they went to the Super Bowl, that those guys – were like a family. They weren't just like even friends. It was it was family. And, you know, Greg Olson had the thing with the, the baby and the, the heart procedure and all that going on. And there were just a lot of different things where guys would stay late because they wanted to. They didn't want to go home. And, and that, that kind of builds that kind of bond, doesn't it, where it's like you get to know each other, but you also 
you kind of don't want to leave because uh, you enjoy your time, but you're also getting work done at the same time. I remember TD echoed those same comments that you talked about. He talked about this is much more family, and uh, I'm friends, but this is more family than friends. And 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 I, I believe for my brother, and I'm, and I'm down for my brother. And you saw that in that 2015. And I think you're seeing maybe to come some of the beginning, some that germination, the seeds being planted because. Once again, that is a great move by a head coach to recognize that that is something that is needed in that locker room to uncover who is this guy that plays next to me? What is his story? Uh, how can I help this guy? How can he help me? The more I know about you, Mick, and the more I know about you, Zoe, the more inclined I am to, to be truly and heavily invested. Well, that's why we broadcast so hard for one another. We got the same thing going on in the broadcast booth, don't we? Indeed. Hello, testing. Indeed. This This chemistry doesn't just happen. (laughs) I mean, you can't just recreate this in a lab. No, you can't. (laughs) You wouldn't. Well, it wouldn't go well. Injury updates are brought to you by Ortho Carolina. Dante Jackson with an injured toe. We'll see how he evaluates throughout the week this week as they get ready for the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, Shaq Thompson said he was fine to get a little neck injury, but uh, he said he was fine cramping up a little bit during the game yesterday. Your personalized orthopedic care begins with the click of a mouse. Schedule your next appointment online at orthocarolina.com. Ortho Carolina, your care, your way. You want to hear a little bit of Shaq? Thompson, Shaquille Green Thompson. Yes, Yes, indeed. All right, let's do it. Shaq Thompson in the on-deck circle. He'll be at plate, at the plate, at bat. When we come back, this is Panther Talk on the Carolina Panthers Radio Network. This is Panther Talk, presented by Morris Jenkins on the Carolina Panthers Radio Network. One back, Bridgewater turns towards us, fakes a handoff, drifts back, has a screen to the left side, to the 10, the 5. It's got potential. It's a touchdown. Davis from Bridgewater on the screen. You know, a lot of us have been working our butts off just to get a win, and then obviously to get one for Coach Rule for his first one in the NFL uh, was important. So we, we talk about 1-0 each week. So feels good um, to obviously get a win, but, it's again, it's just one week at a time. Back to Mick Mixon, Jim Zoki, and Eugene Robinson with Panther Talk, presented by Morris Jenkins on the Carolina Panthers Radio Network. The Panthers' tackle leader in the win against the Los Angeles Chargers out in Los Angeles was linebacker Shaq Thompson. Thompson says it's great to get a win, but this defense still has work to do. Definitely things to clean up. Um, we started off fast. I think the first big play that kind of got things going is when Dante punched the ball out uh, on Keenan Allen. Um, that just set the whole tone for the whole defense, really. And uh, we knew what type of game it was going to be after that play. Thompson's teammate, defensive back Rasul Douglas, ignited an important meeting last week. A soul-bearing, open-it-up, tell-your-life-story meeting that proved meaningful. Razul did a good job just coming up to coach and telling them, like, look, we need to start playing for each other and make sure we get to know each other because this is a team that was created within, let's say, like a month. Um, and us just really going out there just playing ball and not really playing for each other. So Razul came up with this idea is we all need to learn each other and figure out, like, what each other goes through and stuff like that. That way we were able, able to play for each other. And uh, that was one big thing that we did this week. Uh, we had some guys share some stories and stuff like that and just make you feel closer to them and make you want to go play for them. So, And that's what it was about. Um, I think that was the biggest difference, really, is just we started playing for each other and not just playing with each other, just playing. I know that sounded weird, but we started just playing for each other. I'm playing for Trey. Trey's playing for me. I'm playing Razul. Razul's playing for Derek Brown and, and all that. Thompson says the Panthers had to stick together every minute of the Chargers game. I feel like the whole game, I feel like we played for all 60 minutes. So we played for all four quarters of the game. Um, 
when things were going good, we were playing well. When things started going bad, I think they had a 19-play drive one time. And, you know, you just got to look and look at guys and be like, okay, we, we need somebody to make a play. And I just felt like the whole game was really it. We kind of put it together, but it's not all the way finished yet, if, if you know what I mean. Um, but it's still some stuff to work on. Uh, we're going to come back. We watched the film. There's a lot of mistakes that we had, even though we got the win. Um, the biggest thing is keying on the mistakes and what can we do to get better from those mistakes. So we got we got this day tomorrow to rest, and we got to come back Wednesday ready to go and fix all those details. About that meeting where different players spoke about their lives, which stories impacted Shaq the most? Everybody's story. Everybody comes from different backgrounds and different things that happened to their life. Um, I think the four guys that talked really just hit me. Um, I think it was Tyre, Chris Reed, uh, Mike Davis, and Teddy. Those guys all talked. And Razul, those guys all five. Those guys all talked, and um, they sparked it. And uh, it just made you want to play for them even more. Brian Burns credited Thompson for a Burns strip sack early in the game. Yeah, but it just comes down to just watching film, hearing some stuff and key words that like they like to say – and one game, they use the same thing in another game. And uh, that's kind of where I just got my tip. And I was just alerting them. I was like, okay, because they start off as a run play. Then I think we had brought somebody down, and they checked it. So I was like, okay, well, they're not going to go run to run. Uh, so they, I was like, all right, this is going to be a pass. And Brian was able to get the sack for his fumble, and Tyre picked it up. So um, all credit to them. They did a great job. Um, everybody did their job, and uh, we got a big play for defense. That's Panther linebacker Shaq Thompson. Stay tuned. Panther Talk, presented by Morris Jenkins, continues right after this. This is Panther Talk, presented by Morris Jenkins on the Carolina Panthers Radio Network. First and 10 from the Carolina 38. Getting close to field goal range. Intercepted, picked off. By Jackson. Jackson's got another one. One last week. 40 to the 50, to the 40, the 30, to the 20, to the 10. Flag down. So is D-Jax at the seven-yard line. What a play. The biggest thing that I've been trying to say and um, hope that they understand is that you know, we're all in this together. I mean, we know this, this is a business, but we can also choose to make it a special you know, brotherhood when we can. And um, I thought you saw a bunch of guys step up, like I said, and so I was excited to see that and happy to, happy to celebrate with that. Panther Talk, presented by Morris Jenkins, continues on the Carolina Panthers Radio Network. We welcome into the Panther Talk Zoom room right now Marty Herney, general manager of the Carolina Panthers. You've been in this game a long time, Marty. How would you rank the, uh, the joys, the relief, the emotion of yesterday in Los Angeles, the first win of the Matt Rule era? Well, I think it's relief's the right word, Mick. You know, it's, it's – um, it's always hard to get that first one. And, you know, there's, this is a game of confidence and momentum from week to week. And I think that you have to be able to, to, you know, win the close games. And we certainly did so many good things um, going in there to win that game. And I think that every game comes down, seems like it comes down the last play, but it did. And, and we came out of there with a win against a really good team and a really good defense and, I think that we did so many good things. It, it was uh, it was relief, but it was really important to, you know, how we proceed the rest of the year. We just want to keep getting better every week. I know your style. It's more you'd rather be wallpaper than in the center ring. But where were you in, in the locker room post-game? And then what were your conversations like on the flight home before things settled down? 
Well, I just, you know, with, with, with the new rules, I, I was, you know, you go in, you try to stay, um, as removed as possible. And, and, um, then, uh, you know, listen, what Matt has to say, and then you get out and we have conversations on the bus, on the plane, on the plane, mostly. Um, and then obviously this morning and, and you're just constantly going over personnel and seeing, you know, evaluating how each, each player played, how we played as, as, uh, units and then seeing what we can do to, to keep improving. I mean, this is a, it's it's you're constantly looking to improve your football team personnel wise and then week to week as far as how you play has jj jansen reached you yet with a request about a pay raise and or a contract extension <laughs> no he did not but uh we we talked and he uh i was a that was a heck of a play we you know we we had several very good special teams plays. I mean, that obviously was a huge one as far as putting them on the one yard line. Um, You know, my favorite of the day might've been Joey Sly's tackle in the second kickoff. Um, But then Troy pride going down and making a big tackle on a punt. We just, we had so many players make critical plays and that's what you have to do to win in this league. You have to have playmakers and make plays and boy, we could go down a whole list through, you know, offense, defense, special teams, and, you know, in, in that list, there were a lot of young guys, which which is very promising. So um, we just had so many players step up and make make big plays. And J.J.'s obviously was huge. It made him go a long way. Marty Herney on Panther Talk. We talked with Coach Rule about this earlier, Marty, but we'd love to get your take. How closely were you watching that rotation, not only at left tackle, but, but some at left guard as well, to try to keep uh, Bosa and, and company out of Teddy Bridgewater's grill. Yeah, I mean, we we had a big challenge ahead of us this weekend. That group is is, you know, among the best as far as pass rushers. They don't blitz very much because they have so much faith in their front four and um I thought the two young kids did a great job rotating, you know, uh Little and Scott rotated over at left tackle. Greg basically they basically won every three series and um I think we did a a, a pretty good job if you would have said that you know they we would have come out of the game we'd had two sacks and they had two sacks I, I think people would have probably thought that they would have had more so I think our group as a whole played very well I thought that Chris Reed coming off the COVID list really did a great job at, at left guard he uh he played extremely well as did the rest of the line so I think that um you know Pat Myers and, and Sat did a great job coaching them and we, we played well against a, a very good front. You mentioned earlier, Marty, some of the young guys, uh, the, your draftees and some others. Who else in, in that group distinguished themselves yesterday? Well, I mean, you look at all the guys that made plays. I mean, you know, Marquise Haynes with with the sack, and and uh, I thought uh, Derek Brown played played very well as far as is really disrupting, taking a lot of doubles, but he made a couple of nice plays on the run, and he – he really had his physical presence felt there. Um, Etor Gross Matos, I thought, you know, came very close to several sacks, but uh, showed the ability to rush the passer. And of course, Brian Burns just, you know, had a his breakout game of the of the season so far. But um, you know, and then you talk about the 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 plays that guys like Troy Pride made, and 
Um, you know, I, I think our linebackers, Jeremy Chin, obviously played extremely well, as did Shaq Thompson. But you can go down the list. I mean, we had, you know, you can include the two young tackles, and and um, we had a lot of a lot of young guys step up, which is good. I can't tell you how many times when, for example, Ryan Khalil was here, you just would look up and go, how did he get that far down the field to block on a screen? Or how did he know to fall on that fumble way back here in the pocket? They seem to have that instinct. Are we starting to see Derek Brown show up in different places on the field, indicative of, of his savvy and, and instincts for the game, Marty? Yeah, I mean, you know, third game. I mean, Derek's still a, 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 a young pup, but he just – his physicality and his – his uh, his presence inside really helps. I mean, I think you see the the direct results just from how we've improved against the run. I think we we have played the run much better this year so far than we we did last year, and I think he's a big part of it. I think that you know his presence will be felt even more when we can include KK back into the rotation. But um, you know, Derek's going to get better every every week, but he's. Uh, He's just a, a physical force inside that takes a lot of double teams, certainly helps us against the run. And, and when he, um, you know, when he gets pushed, he, he really makes, he can get the quarterback off the spot. So yeah, he's just going to get, he's just going to get more comfortable and better each week. Last thing we'll let you go. Marty Herney on Panther talk. You stick mostly to the ball side of things, but all around the building, food and beverage, stadium ops, people getting ready for at least some fans to come in on, on Sunday. Marty, how does that, that feel to the, the general manager of the Carolina Panthers? Yeah, it'll be great to, to have fans back. I, I have no idea what it's going to look like, Mick, but certainly, I mean, we, we, we miss all our fans when, when we're at home, and it's going to be great to have as many as we can in. I don't, I don't exactly know how many will be there, but it's great to, to kind of start on the road back there and um, you know, we hope to be able to to uh, continue to improve, as I said, each week and, and play well against a very good Arizona Cardinals team. I got a feeling that however many are there, they'll sound like about five times that number because of the enthusiasm that's been generated. Marty, great to talk with you. Thank you for your time, and we'll run into you this week, I'm sure. Thanks, Mick. Marty's a good guy. Marty mm-hmm. Herney, GM of the Carolina Panthers, and his visit is sponsored. Such a good guy he is that FanDuel has gotten on board mm. sponsoring our visit with him. <laughs> that was actually Eugene, by the way. That wasn't me doing that. Every week on that Panthers a fan app, you could win $1,000. Can you imagine that? Not 1000 <laughs> Visit the Panthers app now to register your free account and get ready for the next game. FanDuel, official partner of the Carolina Panthers. That was me on that. That was, that was me. Do not make me get the giggles. <laughs> there you go. It does not go well. Not the giggles. Not, <laughs> not the vapors. Not, not the gigs. <laughs> oh, man. It's happened before. I know. Zog, there you go. I can't look at Zogas. This <laughs> caused me to think back to eighth grade and and uh, have to get called down. Anyway, uh, so we got just a minute or two here before we go to break. And I, I think people that might come up to you during the day, and I had a couple – this happened to me a couple times today. Well – uh, you know, Mick, that, that 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 hook and ladder almost worked, and then that la- second last play of the game almost worked. The Panthers could have lost that game. Well, that is, of course, relentlessly true. However, it also must be said that if the Panthers capitalized on 
some of their opportunities in the reds. It could have been thirty to seven Carolina absolutely. at halftime. Absolutely, you're absolutely right because this those are the woulda, coulda, shoulda plays. We can all do those. We can all say woulda, coulda, shoulda of what could happen. You got to take what you see on the field, the body of work, and the plays that happen. That's what you judge. If you know what, look. If, if I'm going to make a layup to win the game and I missed a layup, guess what? Then I missed a layup. But if you made that layup, no, you missed a layup. And so you're absolutely right, Mick. I mean, I don't I don't play that, you know, what the Panthers could have done. You win or you lost. That's basically how we judge this, and that's it. And the the league is so tight in most cases, not every case, but, I mean, it usually t- comes down to three or four plays. Or in the case of the Bengals and the Eagles, zero plays because they went to overtime and still didn't get a, get a winner. They went to finish with neither team winning, finishing at a tie. But, uh, yeah, most games in the NFL, you can look back, even if it's like, say, a two-possession, 14-point yes. game, it's still, what, three plays, right, Eugene, that could have made a difference? Absolutely. There's no doubt about that. When we come back, we have a lot to do. When we come back, we'll talk about Mike Davis for Christian McCaffrey. We'll break down Kyler Murray and the Cardinals. And this just in, the Falcons lost a big lead Yet again. Wow. Stay tuned. This is Panther Talk on the Carolina Panthers Radio Network. This is Panther Talk, presented by Morris Jenkins on the Carolina Panthers Radio Network. With Jeannie Robin, the Zoke, it's Mick, and man, I love me some Panther Talk. Love breaking it down with you guys. We got Byron, we got Wendell, we got Podcast Matt, DL, David Langton, and the Langtonian Institute. Of broadcasting studios. How did Mike Davis for Christian McCaffrey impress you? I thought he did well. I, I thought he was able to run effectively, and I, I thought he was able to catch the ball. I mean, the screens that you see Christian McCaffrey, uh, who would normally get these screens, he got a screen and scored a touchdown. Uh, and you could tell that with the emphatic spike that he that he sp- that he spiked the ball that. It meant something to him. Having this opportunity, don't forget he's a journeyman, having this opportunity to be the guy, I thought he did a pretty good job being the guy that they had to rely on. So uh, kudos in that. I thought he was pretty good. And, again, you're not going to be an elite running back. Otherwise, Mike Davis would be making $64 million. But he lets you run the same philosophy of offense schematically. He catches the ball. He can run physically, which Christian McCaffrey is, is known as a physical runner. He can block. So you don't really have to change the system and change the game plan. And uh, we saw Eugene, Reggie Bonifant, I thought, yes. ran, ran a strong a couple times in there. They kept trying to run Samuel in there a little bit. And there's probably some... You know, not wanting to be obvious that they want to get him out in space, that maybe they come back to that at some point where they don't run him up the middle and he gets out to maybe gets a flip or does a, a jet sweep or something more like that. But it only underscores how good Christian McCaffrey is that you have three bodies. You got Samuels, you got Davis, you got Bonifin, all running a collection of plays that he runs. Mm-hmm. I mean, that just, I mean, and I remember when, when people were saying, oh, Christian McCaffrey can't run between the tackles. Look, this dude can run between a tackle, on a tackle, on the moon. He can run anywhere on earth because this dude is the best running back that we've seen in a very, very long time. And we had a collection of three running backs by committee to do the body of work he was doing yesterday. Kyler Murray, yes. maybe uh, a little bit of uh, talk about the greatly despised Atlanta Falcons when we come back and apply the final brushstrokes on tonight's Panther Talk show. But first, this time out. Mr. Jenkins told me. Mr. Jenkins told me. Mr. Jenkins told me to always make it easy for the customer. That's you. A live person will always be here to answer the phone. We're here till midnight, seven days a week. So you never have to take off work. And it's the same price as in the daytime. We're the ones you want to call. We're the ones you want to call. We're the ones you want to call. You're going to love these people. I guarantee it. 
go to morrisjenkins.com. Panther Talk, presented by Morris Jenkins, continues on the Carolina Panthers Radio Network. Gushing, fawning, and other adjectives such as that, that's what people are doing over Kyler Murray right now. Second year QB. Uh, he's quick, but is is all the praise justified, Eugene? You know, I, I think people fall in love with the fact that, I mean, he kind of reminds me a lot of Russell Wilson, um, kind of in stature, and also this quick release and able to go ahead and make people miss. But I think when you look at the body of work, I think he's one of those growing quarterbacks. You know, I, I, you know, when we look at Lamar Jackson, I think Lamar Jackson is a lot further ahead than, than Kyla Murley, Murray is. And so um, – Yes, he's very, very good, but I say you treat him just like any other quarterback that you legally punch him in the mouth, and then you make every quarterback just, you know, pretty much pedestrian. And I think people are fascinated by what's new, right? So Cliff yep. Kingsbury comes in with a different philosophy. Kyler Murray, they had Josh Rose, and they, they didn't want that. Uh, so Murray threw two games, or three games now, four touchdowns, five interceptions. He's been sacked six times, and they lost to the Lions yesterday. So maybe it's, it, it is. It's it's entertaining. It's exciting, and it can be successful, and it can win, but in itself, you don't get points for style points, right? No. I mean, you could be boring and win a lot of football games in this league. Don't forget, you got DeAndre Hopkins, you got Larry Fitzgerald, uh, you got some cats who can flat out mm-hmm. get get after it, and so they seem to be more of the stars, in my opinion, uh, than it would be Kyler Murray. When I was a boy, I'm dating myself a little bit, of course, love pro football, and Fran Tarkington was my, oh, that was my, my guy. favorite guys. What's his middle name? Al, it starts with an A. Asbury. Oh, Asbury. Okay, yeah. Francis Asbury Tarkington. That's it. And, That's and the he, first time that Eugene knew a middle name and Mick didn't, ever. That was, he, was my, he was my favorite quarterback back in the day. Fantastic QB. And he could double back and reverse field. And, I mean, he might be 40 yards back behind the line of scrimmage and he could fake and dodge and make magic. My, I, I put to you that that was then, but this is now, that defensive players have evolved into such fast and sudden and violent Units themselves that the that Kyler that no quarterback, not even Kyler Murray, can be fast enough to do that kind of thing on a steady basis. You're absolutely right. The one guy that we've seen has been Cam Newton. We've seen that type of player because he's that big, being able to do that. But by and large, as a quarterback, a running quarterback, you don't last this long because everybody is fast on that defense, and everybody's big, and everybody's looking to put some hurt on the quarterback legally to get him out the game. And so quarterbacks, go ahead and get your slide on. That's what I'm saying. Slide, please. Not the slide. Yeah, go ahead and slide. That All was, right. That was that'll not me. Show. That'll be a show. That was fun, though. I thought that was – I give us a C plus, B minus. You can what? dance to it. What? Okay, A minus. All right, good <laughs> that job. great out of curve. I got an A. All right, for, for DL, for the Zoke, for the rest of the guys, this is Mick Mixon. This has been Panther Talk on the Carolina Panthers Radio Network. This has been Panther Talk with head coach Matt Rule, presented by Morris Jenkins. Mr. Jenkins told me that he loves football, and he looks forward to this show all week. When your plumbing or air conditioning is acting up, call Morris Jenkins or visit morrisjenkins.com. Panther Talk. Panther Talk. Panther Talk. This is the Carolina Panthers Radio Network.